0: All right. Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of Navigating the Intentional Life. This is Justin Copeland. I am your host, your creator, and uh, I'm excited about our podcast today because the man that I'm speaking to is honestly just he's a different breed of man. And that was the excitement that, uh, that, that pushed me to reaching out to him. So I'm, I'm thankful that he agreed to sit down and speak with me this morning. He is a father of two, <clears throat> a husband, uh, somebody that uh, I see that stands firmly on his belief systems. He is also an Ironman multiple, multiple times over. The man that I'm speaking of is Chris Betcher. Chris, great to have you on this morning, man.
1: Morning, Justin. I uh, appreciate the invite. It's a pleasure to join you here this morning.
0: Yeah. One of the things that, <clears throat> excuse me, I didn't say in that buildup, that massive buildup to this huge podcast, was that you also do a podcast. And One of the things I love about having fellow podcasters on is you get the flow, you get the rhythm, right? You get those moments where it's like, "Hey, here's a little nice spot to plug." So, right out of the gate, man, I want to get you give you the floor to to tell me a little bit about your podcast.
1: Yeah. So, uh, long story short, uh, my brother and I just we're having we kind of went through a rough stretch. He's a physical therapist as well. Different. He's over in the Colorado area. I'm over in South Carolina, and we just decided uh, about last October uh, after doing a bunch of self-education and just kind of spinning our wheels that we needed to do something and we didn't really know what that looked like. We had a lot of frustrations with the healthcare system. The more we learned about the financial system, both of us had quite a bit of student debt to deal with and um, we just decided, okay, let's just start unpacking some of this stuff and So we just started talking about some different topics, just the two of us. And uh, one thing led to one thing kind of led to another. And, uh, you know, here we are today, just building this network, connecting with people like you. And, yeah, it's just been pretty amazing to just kind of share our story and then also just, you know, build those bridges with a lot of men who are also trying to do something bigger than themselves. And uh, that's really kind of lit a fire under under me. and, And I know my brother, Brett, as well. And, uh, not really sure where it's going, but we're enjoying the process and, uh, it's opened up some other doors to some opportunities that I'm sure we'll talk about here later this morning.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the one thing that stands out from what you're saying there, cause I mean, there's, I do feel like this is one of those where there's so much to unpack that it's probably going to have to be a multiple podcast kind of thing, but right out of the gate, you know, it makes me think of that, that saying, you know, the man that loves to walk is going to walk further than the man that loves the destination. Right. But before you even start that, before you even get into a, cu- a cute quote like that, it's you've got to find an action that you want to take and then take it. And so many people and kind of what you're saying there, they don't see that it's, it's just getting started. If you just get going, you take that first step, you know, pun intended, because I know we're going to talk about the Iron Man stuff, but it's amazing how it unfolds. Right. You know, we were talking offline and maybe you and your brother he said Brett right you have that direction of hey we do want to speak to other men we do want to find this arena because we feel like there's definitely a need for the message that we have when i started navigating the intentional life you know it was really meant for mindset it was meant to try to help people that maybe they were set there stuck and didn't know how to take that first step they knew they they, they might know that they wanted to do something but how to overcome that fear that they were disguising as practicality that kept them stagnant <clears throat> was really where I was at. I wanted guys like you, you know, the Boyds, the Zach's, you know, all these people that have this story where they kind of arrived on their journey, at least to the point where they first set their milestone to say, no, look, this is where it started. This is how I started. And, you know, we joked on, you know, offline like when I started my podcast, I literally was sitting in my closet with my phone on the Anchor app, but I didn't give a shit because a lot of people would go, well, I need the studio, I need the mixer, I need the microphone, I need you know, this, this, and this. And I was like, no, I just wanna go because the content's what's gonna be important, right? So <clears throat> kind of intentionally starting with you saying, oh, I've got this podcast. I wanted to reverse engineer and, and tell my listeners that maybe don't know who you are, don't know your story, kind of how you got started. Um, I think the thing we said, you know, about the email that you sent me was that you were very much involved in sports growing up. So always an athletic person, liked that challenge, like pushing your body. But that took you into college, and you competed in college, right? Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so I, uh, you know, going through high school, I really didn't know what I wanted to do, but I loved college basketball, or I loved basketball. It was my passion. I grew up in the gym my dad coached everything, you know, me and my three brothers, we just, we were gym rats. And so I, uh, I mean, I'm a, I would say below average athleticism guy. Uh, I could shoot, but when it comes to college basketball, I was fairly limited in my, um, my potential there, but I I hadn't convinced myself at 17, 18 years old. I still thought I was capable and I was less, I mean, I, I hate to say school came fairly easy to me, but I I didn't really feel like I ever had to put a lot of effort into it, and I was able to kind of go through the motions with high school and do what I need to do, so I didn't really know what I wanted to do, and I was just like, well, I know I want to play basketball, so I found a school that just happened to have uh, physical therapy, and uh, so that sounds good. I can be around athletics and um, continue to play there. and. Um, I also ran a lot of track and uh, was was reasonably successful with that as well. So I I ended up doing both. And the interesting part about it is when I went to college, um, I only played for a year. Uh, I just lost my passion for basketball. It just no longer became fun for me anymore. And uh, that left a a little bit of a void, but I just was like, well, you know, I still have track here and, and I still really enjoyed the competition of it. And I think that's what uh, I kind of said this in what I uh, emailed you as well, is that it, it allowed me to kind of distract myself from not really being sold on what I was doing. I mean, I was interested in the sciences and the anatomy and all that kind of stuff, but I just always had this feeling in my gut that there was something more, and so then from there, you know, I finished up undergrad, um, just decided that I had a, a friend of mine who was like, we should, we should get bikes. And he was a decathlete. So him and I were both, you know, still pretty fit coming out of our, our senior year of, of college track. And so we just got bikes and then started riding and we're going to do a little sprint triathlon, maybe an Olympic triathlon. And he had a friend who had just signed up for Ironman Louisville and was like, you guys got to go do this with us. And at 22 years old, we were like, sure, why not? Um, And I had about a seven month gap between undergrad and and starting grad school for physical therapy. And again, it, it just looking back on it, it served as my purpose, even if I didn't feel like I was that purpose driven with what I was doing academically. And I just poured into it for seven months and we had a pretty sweet uh, situation where we were doing some like private event, bartending stuff at night. And, uh, from there, being able to pretty much train all day long so it was was a perfect setup for a couple of uh you know college kids that were just trying to do some nonsense uh as far as training goes and ended up going down to our first race and was fortunate enough to uh to put it together and made it out to kona and that was six weeks later um and that kind of wrote my history for a, a few years because at that point i was i was into it like i i I had fell in love with the sport of Ironman triathlon and I carried that. I didn't race much in college as far as grad school goes, but I was training my tail off and I was, I was doing a little bit here and a little bit there knowing that as soon as I finished up the, uh, the, the grind of grad school that I was, I was going to go for it for a while. And so, yeah, I finished up grad school and once again, just, kept looking at things going, this still doesn't feel like what I'm supposed to be doing, but this is what society has kind of told me I need to do. Uh, You know, find a a well-paying job that is plenty of job opportunities out there. And I don't know, it's just one of those things that I've always kind of challenged that narrative in my head, but never took any action with it. And uh, so then from there, you know, I went into my career at that point, I was still, I was, I mean, I was interested in physical therapy, don't get me wrong, but I, I thought I was going to go out there and like change the world. And, and and I just realized that the healthcare system very quickly was not going to allow that to happen. I was going to be very limited and I was going to be seeing way more patients than what I wanted to be. Um, but I had Iron Man And so Iron Man then created this opportunity for me to um, continue to push my purpose and I continued to gain success there and, uh, over the course of the next, uh, about five to six years, I ended up doing, um, eight more races and, uh, did 10 Ironmans total and got out to Kona three different times. And it was just, I mean, it was, it was everything to me, but, uh, it, it really changed when, so I, I did, I qualified for my last race in, uh, in October of, I think it was 2015. 15. And the following May, my wife and I got married. And the interesting thing about that October qualification is, it's the first qualifier for the next year. So I literally had an entire year before I could, I could go race. And so I spent the first like six months of our marriage training for Ironman. And it at that point was when I realized it was becoming too much of my identity. And it was taking away from what I wanted to be as a husband. There's something Man. there.
0: There's something there that I want to jump in because the, you know, going back to college, right? Mm-hmm. That statement you made about I there was some I knew there was something more. I felt like I had something more, but felt the need that I needed to, I, I had to go down this path. And <clears throat> right out of the gate, I go, This is somebody. You look at guys that are that are first responders, you look at guys that go into the military you look at guys that do things like, you know, the Zach Smalls of the world yourself, there's a calling. There's a need to almost build community and, and, and really what that calling is service, right? What, the way I see this, the way I see what we do, what we're putting ourselves into is another line of service, right, for, for other men. But the thing that stands out to me to that is, and I struggle with this right now with my own children, is what, is what is school doing, government education doing to help or push people that have that extra thing inside, that that calling inside? I mean, I believe we all have it, <clears throat> to find a path that's not essentially conformity. that's not saying, okay, this is what you're supposed to do. Go to college, get out of college, get that nine to five, work that nine, nine to five until you're 55, 60 something years old, then retire, now you can start to live your life. Right. That's, there's, there's no direction there. You've got to take that. You've got to have that initiative on your own. I can tell you right now, you know, the first thing that kind of came to my mind that I wouldn't joke about is like shit at 22, I was having a good time. You know, I mean, I was, I was on the cusp of the military and, and, but I was, I was enjoying life. I wasn't running Man. I wasn't thinking like, Oh man, I need to, I need to dive into my fitness. I'd spend my whole life playing soccer college ball didn't work out for me. Um, but I'd always been athletic, I'd always been in shape, but I just kind of, I kind of moved away from that. Instead of taking on something like you did and having that obsession, I think my obsession became just being free, not having anyone telling me that I had to, of course I say that and then I went into the military, but that to me was something I could control. That was that next challenge for me and I needed that. And at no point in my life, in my upbringing, if someone said, uh, you're somebody that really likes to face obstacles there's somebody that really likes to take on that next thing that pushes you mentally, physically, and spiritually. Right. And I think that's something that's missing. And I think that's something that I try to incorporate into my own kids' lives going like, Hey, you know, I mean, unless you want to specialize in college, you know, I don't really see a path for you there just to get a degree to get a degree. Now I can argue why you know that piece of paper would help if you want to go into corporate America, But I'm more interested on what's your calling? What's your passion? What do you want to do? What, who do you want to be? You know what I'm saying? And if somebody had had that conversation with me when I was 18, 19 years old, or shit, back when I was 14 years old and starting to think that I was a man and and all that, how different would my path have gone, right? I mean, we'll never know. I'm very happy with where I'm at now. But do you understand what I'm saying with that? Like, there's so much there in what you said that if somebody had been able to see that and said, hey, Chris, you don't have to play it safe. I mean, a very respectable career field, right? Like I thought about PT, I saw the hours you had to put into it, and I was like, fuck that. Like, I, I'm like, no, you know, can I get the the 120 hour bachelors? I'm good, you know? But if somebody could you and said, hey, whatever that is, figure it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, hey, are you feeling that with me right now? Cause that's that's what I took from it. I was like, that's such a big thing that you're saying. That yeah, under- no, I I'm I'm agree.
1: Like, I, I think, you know, at, at that age, we, we view risk so differently, and at least I do in my life now, as far as, you know, to me, the most risky behavior is to not take any risk at all. And that's something that I continue to remind myself every day with the, the process that I'm going through right now. But yeah we just do a terrible job of helping people and helping kids and I, I say kids college kids are i mean to me they're they're still kids at that age i mean there's so much development going on and especially in today's world we just we don't have a lot of of real life experience at that age to help kids understand who the hell they are and when what they like what they actually care about and and you know something is simple now and i talk about this a lot in my on my twitter feed is like just being alone I mean we're so bombarded with everybody else's ideas all day long and we almost feel this like anxiety or this panic now if we're like sitting by ourselves with like no phone no social media no netflix to binge or just no conversations with our friends like we just we need to do a better job of just being able to figure out who we are and and be confident and comfortable in that because if you don't know who you are It's very, very easy to be to take what the world tells you and feel like, oh, yeah, that's fact. That's that's what I have to just accept and and move forward, because that's I mean, I think that's what I did. Um, And and I'll be honest, I, I don't regret any of the decisions that I made because it's led me to where I am today. And I'm not sure that the opportunities that I'm seeing today I get to, if I don't follow the path that I've, that I followed. And so now I, I think it gives me an opportunity to, to show people that there is another opportunity out there and there are different ways, but you have to be able to, to consistently challenge yourself, get uncomfortable, um, and be able to, to step out and just not be afraid of what the world is trying to tell you to do on a day-to-day basis.
0: Yeah. The, the regret thing, it makes me, think of, you know, somewhat of an echo chamber at this point. And, and honestly, I, I haven't quite yet figured out where I hang my hat on this. But, you know, you see a lot of people say that growth is only achieved through pain. Growth is only achieved through loss, right, which is just part of the family of pain, right? The house of pain. Um, I, I think that's true. I mean, I, you know, as a professional coach for 10 years, you know, I, I used to get uncomfortable when my teams would just win. You know, because you start to believe something that isn't necessarily there. Because around the corner, you know this. There's always someone better. There's always someone bigger, and it's just a matter of time before you run into them, right? And I was always looking for that around the corner, because there is a lot to learn from when we lose, and that's when we test ourselves. You know, being an Ironman, you know, I know there are countless numbers of miles where you wanted to stop, where your body was saying, "I hurt. I don't want to do this." And and we are so defined by what we do when we don't want to do something. But that regret aspect of that pain is I look back and I go, I don't have regrets either. You know, I don't know that a lot of people can say that because regret typically comes from inaction. Typically, right. There's some actions that I've done where I'm like, "Ah, I regret that. But, you know, it's 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 something that most of the guys, the people that sit down on this podcast, they can kind of say the same thing. Because they go, well, I I was choosing a path, I chose that path, I went hard into that path. And here's the thing about life, your passions are going to change and that's okay. That doesn't mean it was wrong. It doesn't mean that you weren't fully passionate about that thing that you were doing. It just means that that thing that you're passionate about, it's ran its course. And now you've adapted and you've grown and you've changed. I mean, you're a father of truth. And, and what happens when you have a child is your whole world, that view changes. You start seeing things you didn't see before. You stop seeing things that you saw before because now they're not as important or they're irrelevant. And, and so then, therefore, your passions of what you want to do start to shift. And I think people get really, really lost in that. And that, to me, is kind of a segue where you go, I was training for six months of the first year of my marriage. My identity was Iron Man which makes sense. Cause you're talking about, you know, I love the thing about being alone because <clears throat> we are truly forced to find ourselves and face ourselves when we do spend time alone. And that's something that was, you know, my, my oldest is 15. So we've got three years until he's 18. He wants to get a camper and travel the United States whenever he done with high school. I'm like, all right, cool. Thing is, we've got to set, we've got to put some wheels in motion here, but I want him to do it because if he truly does it the way that he's saying he's wanting to do it, he's going to have to be by himself, which means he's going to have to get comfortable in those quiet moments where he doesn't have the Netflix to binge. He doesn't have people answering their phones. He's going to have to learn to be okay with him. And I think that's invaluable regardless of everything else that comes with it. You know what I'm saying? Because then you find yourself at whatever age going, my identity has been this now for so long, but I'm married. Now what? You know what I'm
1: saying? Yeah, a 100%. I mean, it's it's one of those things where whether... I mean, I was able to spend a ton of time alone on the bike, and certainly that shaped who I was. But I think that I wasn't able to really reflect past myself until I was married and until I had children. And so then my... Like you said, my... I had a very narrow vision and now i just see the world very very differently and i see it mm-hmm. as i don't want to say that it was like a selfish perspective but i think it's natural you know when you're when you're a single male and you're just kind of doing something you're really passionate about and you're, you're pretty successful at it i mean you start to kind of you feel pretty good about yourself and you don't really look at the world uh you don't really look at the world as an opportunity for you to make a positive change because you're just worried about yourself. And, and then now I just, I see the world so differently and maybe that's just because I've gotten older and experienced a few more things. Um, and of course, but now you you have that responsibility of having children and, and what that does and just being able to reflect on that and just that responsibility and that blessing that that is, And I think that as as once I, I don't want to say I hit, hit rock bottom when I left Iron Man and I was married, we had our first child, and then I just was stuck in this system that I wasn't happy with. And I found myself just numb and I put all of my ambitions into chasing dollars and you know, I was I was listening to all kinds of, of podcasts and just learning as much about money as I possibly could because I I I'll be honest, my graduate school taught me absolutely nothing about being financially literate, and so I was kind of dumped into the world with a, a mountain of student debt and felt like I had zero skills to figure it out. So I did feel like that was my responsibility to figure that out because those loans were my decision and something that I needed to deal with. Uh, I wasn't looking for you know, hand out to be able to take care of those. I, I knew they were mine, but uh, that that became a pretty big burden. And uh, and I mean, my, my wife will tell you, like I was I was pretty empty for a few years. And it I look back on like the first two years of of our daughter's life, and that was kind of just leading up to when COVID started. And uh, I definitely regret that because I was just. I was going through the motions in life and I just didn't really have any purpose whatsoever. And COVID was the best thing that happened to me personally, because it, it, it forced me to deal with myself, realize that there is no purpose in what you're doing, that you need to make some changes that doesn't necessarily have to start with a career, but you need to be start taking intentional steps forward and figuring out who you are. And so Mm. for me, it was things like journaling and breath work and getting back to some fitness. Uh, cause I had, I mean, I had busted my face off for years and then got to the point where if I was exercising once a week, like that was it. Like it was, it was a, a crazy transition. And then I think that that certainly didn't help, um, to keep me from, from feeling that purposelessness. And so then from there, um, yeah, we just decided my, my brother, like I said, he was in a similar situation out in Colorado Springs and just going through the motions. And we just, at that point we're like, okay, we've got to do something. We've taken some steps now with our own, uh, just building ourselves up mentally and, and physically with our routines. But there's something bigger than this coming and we didn't really know what it was, but we just decided the podcast felt like the best opportunity for us to step out of our comfort zones to take that actionable step and see where things go because so, go ahead.
0: You no, know, it's, you know, not to cut you off, but <clears throat> man, you say, you so many th- you say so many things that the underlining current is profound. And I don't know if you know that about yourself. I don't know if that's intentional, but the part about kind of just listing in life, you know, the, the fact that you got to a point where you said, I wasn't even working out, but maybe once a week I got just obsessed with trying to figure out my finances. And I was just doing what essentially I've been fed to believe that we're supposed to do, you know, and, and, and what I hear is complacency, you know? And, and so the reason I want to bring that out is because there's so many people right now that, that, that probably listen to your podcast. So many men that listen to your podcast, that might listen to my podcast that they find themselves in that same dynamic, You know, where these jobs, the nine to five. And I'm not saying that nine to five is a bad thing. And I don't mean that. I don't want that to be the perception of it. But, man, we've still got caveman genetics in us. You know what I'm saying? Like, we need the fire. We need the excitement. We need to feel danger. You know what I mean? We need to feel that challenge. And, you know, when you're doing something like Iron Man, there's an element of danger to what you're doing. Just, you you know, I talked to Boyd, and I'm sure you've got your stories as well. Just some of the shit that happens just entering the water. I didn't even think about that. You know, like you can get your ass kicked in the water trying to swim, I didn't know that. I didn't even think about it. But there's an element there that men are missing and the depression rates, the alcoholism, suicide rates. It makes sense because we're not meant to be so stagnant. And so my point to what you have kind of brought out there was you started finding that thing again that, I mean, it was, it was a physical, right? You had to get physical again to, to start to re you know, refine yourself now because you were, you are looking at the world differently and that's the beauty of aging because you can take like from a young man, like you're saying is you can get an obsession and just run with it. And because you're younger, because there are, I want to say less responsibilities, you can really hone in on that one thing and go nuts. Right. But as, as you grow and you build a family, that ability to be obsessed has to shift a bit. You have to control the chaos. Is kind of how i like to put it because you can still be fully obsessed with something but still have time with your family right you can be fully obsessed with something but still do your job and and i think as we get older that's where we learn a little bit more to control that chaos but the point in what you were saying to me was for somebody that's listening right now what you have to hear is, is if you're feeling this way that first call to action is to find that thing that gets you moving again whether it's literal you know, or, or not, you find that thing that gets you moving because this is something. And I love the fact that you said COVID is kind of what woke you up because I've got so many friends, man, they put on the COVID 40, you know, in those two years, like they weren't active. They didn't take, you know, they just looked at it as an opportunity to drink way more than what they were before. Cause now they're working from home and didn't know what to do with their time. Whereas you and me, I mean, I started the podcast, you started the podcast, right? You took that time and took advantage of it. You know what I mean? And I think that's huge. Again, the, the point there is these actionable steps to the next venture in your life. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, we we're only given one step and it's our choice whether we take it or not. I mean, you brought up COVID. I think yeah, I see it as a, a lot like kind of a why where you you either, if you veered to the right, you probably leveled up, which was not very many people uh, based off of, you know, my community and the people that I interact with regularly. Um, and so I think we're kind of in this space now where there's a lot of opportunity for, to kind of bring people along and sort of light a torch. And that's what I I look at, you know, what what you and I are doing right now is we've, we've got to be able to get things going again and get into our communities and be able to, to build each other back up again. Um, and I think it starts with just helping people to find that self-belief again. Uh, for me, that, that numbness, that purposelessness, like I, I lost confidence in myself. And I mean, I had done some some pretty amazing things over the, the previous 10 years, and I was still just feeling inadequate and in that my only purpose was to be a provider monetarily for my family. And, um, and I, I think that's something that men kind of latch on to as well is, you know, they not only are we just trying to chase dollars, but we're we're using that as sort of a badge of honor of, well, I work 60, 70, 80 hour weeks and, you know, I, I work so hard. Well, well that's great. But like, are you present as a husband? Are you present as a father? There's no balance there. And if you can't, if you can only wear one hat and you never put the other hats on and you just leave them there and pretend like they don't exist because you're taking care of business on one end, I'm sorry, but that's only a small you know, percentage of what we're, we're called to be doing.
0: You know, that's, and- that's old school thinking too, <clears throat> with the whole, I work so hard. I worked the 60, 70, 80 hour weeks. I mean, we've got a technology base that if you can't figure out how to not do that, you're behind. I mean, it, it's just a fact, you know, and then what, what blows my mind and and look, I'm, I'm not some hypocrite. <clears throat> I don't have it all figured out. I'm not the second coming of Jesus when it comes to relationships, but like I've been divorced but I talked to a lot of guys because of that experience in my life that they, I mean, God bless them. Like they sit there and they go, I I worked my ass off. You know, I busted my ass. And like you said, I was working the 60, 70, 80 hours a week. And I'm like, there you go. And you're surprised she's banging your neighbor. You were not there. You were not there. And if you don't understand the emotional necessities of a woman, you're, you're, you know, we've got a long way to go. Right. Because to your point, obviously I bring in a lot more, with a lot more brashness, but you know, you have to be present. You have to be present as a husband, as a father and throwing yourself into the rat race and, and, and not seeing that there's a better way to step back based on, you know, you taking control over your, your own life. A lot of guys are afraid to do that. It's, it's a scary thing, right. To, to step back and say, I'm going to, I'm going to take charge in this. And I know for you, you've experienced that firsthand. I mean, from, from COVID to the podcast to just, what, a month ago, uh, I believe you said, with your own profession, with your own job.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I firmly believe that, you know, God is at the, the heart of all of this and everything was setting up for a reason. I didn't know exactly what that was, but, uh, you know, we started the the podcast in October, had no idea what we were doing, felt nervous as all hell sitting in front of that microphone the first time even if I was just you know across the country talking to my brother through through Zoom call uh, it still just felt and I'm sure you can appreciate that just like the first time you step in front of a mic it's it's a very overwhelming uh, experience the first couple of times but as as I got more comfortable with it I was like okay this is this is what I need to lean into anything that makes me feel like that microphone did that first day like I need to keep doing that and so that's sort of what I've what I've really pushed myself towards is uh, just trying to lean into that level of discomfort. And the more that I did that, the more my self-belief grew, my confidence and my network, because I was just able to continue to meet more and more like-minded people. And so then January rolled around, I guess December, and uh, we got an email basically saying, if you don't get the vaccine, uh, you're, you're subject to losing your job January 4th. And so I was like, okay, well, here we are. So as of about December the 12th, I was fully prepared to just take on this this next step in life and uh, move into the development space and uh, coaching and just being able to just build men Mm. and uh, was able to have a couple of conversations with people and they, they kind of pushed me towards, okay, you should really at least try the religious exemption route. So which I did. And I felt pretty strongly with that. And, and I was, uh, I, I was granted it, but that was a complete game changer for me because I was never again going to be put in a situation where someone else had the authority to limit me from providing my, providing for my family. And from that moment on, it was like, okay, I'm still working, but this is a very temporary thing because I'm, I'm going to keep building for something else. And uh, then everything came full circle about a month ago now where, um, you know, I spoke up on a couple of different things and uh, we have a a lot of documentation uh, that goes along with home health. And anyways, I I don't think they were very happy with me for a while based on just being outspoken and and things like that. Well, there was an opportunity and, and they took advantage of it and it's funny that being fired, I, I just, in my head had expected it to be like a kind of a terrifying experience. And I guess in a way, maybe it still was, but when I was terminated, it honestly was like a relief. Yeah. And I, as soon as it happened, I was like, let's go. Like, I just felt like that safety net was removed and it was go time. Yeah. And from that moment on, you know, it's, It it certainly as my wife stays at home with our kids and everything. And so uh, I'm, I'm the sole provider. So being in that situation where all of a sudden you go from an income to no income and and having to figure that out for yourself, you know, it's a scary feeling, but I have worried less about money the last month than I have in the previous, probably four or five years. And that's, it's such a weird transition. And that's hard for me to even explain, but that tells me everything I need to know right now about where I'm supposed to be. And you know, each and every week, I feel like it's I'm, I'm being you know pushed forward. That there's there's consistently steps being taken and doors being opened. And so, yeah, it's it's been it's been a pretty unbelievable ride thus far.
0: Yeah, how long were you doing the podcast before you got terminated for, for being outspoken?
1: Uh, it was about eight months, eight months.
0: Do you feel like, you know, and I I think this is funny and I, and and maybe I think I know the answer to this, but you know, when you start doing the podcast and you start putting yourself out there, like you're talking about, it is, it is nerve wracking, right? Especially when you get into some, you start talking to some of these people that maybe they've been doing it for a bit. And so they've got their voice and you're trying to find your voice. And that's the point I'm, you know, I kind of wanted to get to is that the podcast for me and, and the men that I've been able to speak to, it's really reminded me of the confidence that I used to carry because I think as men, we need to be able to identify ourselves to something, right? We, we've got to have a mission. We've got to have, you know, I've used calling a lot. I don't want it to be cliche and overused, but <clears throat> we do need that, that thing, that battle, right? In a sense, even in the piece to work towards, and so in, in doing your podcast, you kind of find your voice, right? How much do you feel like that podcast played into your ability? Or maybe you've always been this way, but how, did, how much do you feel like that played into you stepping up to your work and saying, no, you're not going to, we're not going to do it this way, or I'm not going to do it this way, or whatever that case. How much do you feel that it played into it?
1: I have been always fairly outspoken, but I, I think it did. I think the the longer that this transition with work went on, in terms of some of the things that were were going on with insurance and visit limitations and things like that, I I just reached a point where it was like, okay, there's there's no turning back here. And I I think previously I would have had had some kind of a filter, mm-hmm. and I think the filter has slowly uh, kind of whittled away over the the past several months. And so yeah, it's just it's it's a situation where uh, and I think the COVID stuff helped with that, too. You know, I, I realized that uh, if you're not going to be skeptical and be outspoken in this world, you're going to get run over. And, you know, that's that's what happened the last couple of years. And I, I feel pretty strongly about that, that you should be looking at everything, regardless of whether it's a corporation or a government or whoever it is. Like, there's nothing wrong with being skeptical. And taking some something at face value in this world, I think, is a dangerous thing and, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a conspiracy theorist or all that, you know, nonsense, but you know, I do look at things very, very differently than what I did a few years ago. Uh, and, and it's been very empowering for me to do that. I I don't know how you feel about that, but I, I think that when you can look at things, when you can look at things more critically and you don't take other people's opinions as factual, I think that really allows you for some deep reflection and it also helps you to like figure out how you think and going back to building that self-belief and spending time alone. You know, when you're bombarded by whether it's Netflix, social media, you know, relationships at work, whatever it is, like we're constantly receiving all these inputs all day long from other people's ideas and other people's opinions. And if we don't know what we think and how we feel about situations and we don't spend time thinking about those things then we're going to be very easily swayed one way or the other. And then other people's opinions become ours very, very quickly.
0: There's, there's a lot of, there's, there's some strong emotions that what you're saying evokes for me that I, that I'm, I'm spent a while emoting to, to others and on this podcast. And that is, you know, society wants us to be castrated. Society wants us to be quiet, right? They don't want you at your job to step up and say, Hey, I don't like that right? They don't want you to ask for the exemption. They just want you to play the game the way that they say, and they want you to follow that course the way that they say. And that's that, because now you're easier to control. If you're not thinking, you're easier to control. And so when you brought up, you know, you know things like I was thinking more critically, well, that's dangerous to other places. That's dangerous to other people. And, you know, to go to Jordan Peterson, you know, and I don't necessarily want to get all like hoorah with it, but I do agree that as men, we need to be dangerous. We need to be dangerous. And I I take it more to like the ancient Greeks. And that is, we need to be dangerous with our spirituality, our mentality, right? And our physicality. All of those things need to be there. They need to be sharp. Because that's how we lead. That's how we lead our families. That's how we lead our children. That's how we lead our communities. And if we don't have that, we're just flaccid. And, And I think that's the problem with a lot of men nowadays is they've forgotten that side of them. And they don't know where to run whenever they have something that they're faced with. They just go, Oh, okay. Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'll do this now. And I have an overall and have always had a fundamental issue with that because I myself, you know, to my detriment and, and to a a strong point, I've never been afraid to to voice my opinion. It's gotten me in trouble. I've lost jobs because of it too. Um, But, you know, I would rather that than sit back and have this, this life that is, that is just vanilla. And, and I think I've got to a stage in my life where I forgot, you know, I wanted to play it safe. I wanted to, to have the, the normalcy that, that life was pumping into us. And, and those were some of the most miserable years of my life. You know, they were absolutely some of the most miserable. And so when I started doing navigating the intentional life, all of a sudden, I was like, Oh shit you know, there's doors now opening up that I had never known that I didn't know. And that is in this arena of, of trying to motivate other men, trying to help other men see and remember their voice, you know, literally and figuratively speaking, remembering their voice, you know, so they find that confidence again. So they have that self-belief again to say, screw this shit, man. look and they don't we don't have to align on the same fronts you know like i'm a christian man i've had people walk away from my groups because they said well you guys talk about faith too much or these guys talk about this is their cornerstone or their their foundation it's like okay cool if that offends you go like i don't care if you're atheist agnostic hug trees christian doesn't matter to me you got a solid belief system you want to help other guys find the same let's go i'll ride with you but we forget that and I know for you, when you started seven this arena with, with your podcast with your brother, that's opened those doors. And that kind of leads into Boyd Myers cartoon character. That is Boyd Myers. Um, You guys have some shit going on. That's pretty exciting. Right. And the first thing that we haven't done is, you know, tell my listeners the name of your podcast for one. I mean, all this information is going to be listed, but the name of your podcast and then, you know, I don't want to jump too far ahead because I think we were on a nice path there, but I do want to be able to get to the point where this, your podcast has led into some pretty big things for you that, that's coming up. So tell me, tell me about that.
1: Yeah. So the, the podcast is brother to brother, the number two, uh, all, all one word. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that it, it's really hard to believe, you know, you read all the time, you can change your life in six months, but I've seen it like I've lived it. And I think it can go both directions. I mean, you can you can absolutely burn your house to the ground in six months. But you can also build the whole thing completely over again. And and I I firmly believe that when we started that podcast in October, that was the the big actionable step that's going to change everything. Um, You know, so at, at this point now, you know we've we've stepped out. Um, my brother and I are, are doing our first men's group. We'll start next week, and uh, we're actually organizing our next one for August already. Um, so if anybody's out there looking to to get involved, you know, reach out to either one of us. We'd love to kind of have that conversation. But uh, yeah, Boyd, I mean, it's crazy to me. Um, you know how things happen. We we, I don't even know how we cross paths on Twitter. Um, but I think it was one of his crazy messages where he's driving down the road and, um, you know, I think he, I, I commented on something related to Iron Man, and, you know, I think one of us followed the other and then vice versa or whatever. And I reached out to him one day, just, I've been just trying to connect with people and have some conversations. This is probably back in, I don't know, February or March, something like that. And so we got on the phone for a few minutes and, uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things. I, I feel like we we see the world very very similar. We just approach it a little bit differently. You know, I I feel like I'm a little bit more quieter, soft-spoken guy. Uh, whereas you know, what I love is that he comes at you raw and unfiltered, and but you know exactly what you're getting. And that's that really is something that's really important to me. Is just surrounding myself with like-minded men who. Just don't have time for the bullshit, and are are here to be authentic and to provide that value and and call you out when you need to be called out. And, and uh, one of the first things he did was he told me to to get on video. He said you gotta you gotta take a video yourself. And uh, he's like, I don't even care what you say, and I don't even remember what I said. Uh, but that was like that day. And I mean, I had been doing the podcast and all that stuff for a few months at that point. But just being on video is definitely something that is very very different especially when you know that you're going to be putting it out from there Yeah. and uh yeah we just started having conversations and one thing led to another and we had a zoom call for you know he's got that whole crew doing doing Waco and you know I I feel very confident in what I bring to the table when it comes to Ironman um I've I've never finished uh, every one that I've done, I've, I've finished just one of them was just over 11 hours, but I've, I've broken I've broken 10, five different times. And um, I've never DQ'd or I've never DNF'd, I should say. And so there's there's a lot of a lot of experience that I have. And I just like to to share it with those people that are trying to get started because uh, it's a pretty daunting task. The first go around, there's just, there's so much equipment. There's, you know, there's so much time on the course for there to be problems and just to be able to think, think through those small details. So you at least have a general idea what to, what to expect. And so him and I just, we did a zoom call and we had probably 25 or 30 guys. And I, again, this is all timing, but the unbelievable part about that is that zoom call was just, That was the first time I'd really talked about Iron Man again in front of an audience in quite a while. Mm -hmm. It was the night before I got fired. And the fact that
0: that Zoom call, by the way,
1: like that,
0: that was crazy.
1: And it it just changed It, it, it changed my whole perspective because it was like, I remember how that felt having that conversation and just how much I missed being around that group of people and people just trying to push themselves to the next limit. And then being able to provide that group some value and then to have that happen the next day i was like yep that was definitely definitely god's way of like preparing me for and building me up before you know something was about to go down and so i i just used that as like a, a launching pad and so we continued some more conversations and uh i'm i live in an area here in south carolina where it's fairly rural we have some some beautiful lakes and some beautiful roads and so we just decided we're going to put together a a little training camp and so we're going to be starting that in september um getting some guys in and um kind of the the iron man thing has sort of come full circle i left it because it was becoming too much of my identity and kind of a selfish act and now i see it as an opportunity to be able to lead people and Use my previous experiences and use my, I hate the word journey, but to this point um, to bring people together and build tribe and to make it, you know, make it about something bigger than myself. So that's that ultimately is is my big goal is tribe building, you know, creating men and, and building men. And, you know, some of that will be Iron Man related, some of that won't be, but ultimately it, it's all about just building that community because you can take one or two guys who have that self belief, and they can, they can go ahead and and light the torch for those guys around them. And they can take those back into their communities. That's how you change. That's how you change the world. As far as I'm concerned, you know, it it only takes a couple of sparks for there to be some some major change that happens.
0: Absolutely. And I, you know, I bring up that night with that zoom call, because that's, that's, um, I got some friends, they call it God incidents right? It's no coincidence that that call happened. And then the next day played out the way that it did. But I was also on that call. And the reason I said that was, you know, not to toot my own horn, but because speaking to a group like that is not easy, especially with technology and all the things that can go wrong with technology based on where people are at. And what I remember is Boyd was having one hell of a night trying to get his shit to work. And so you, you guys had had a plan, you had an itinerary. That you were going off of, that you'd obviously put time and energy into laying it out, like okay, I'm going to speak on this. Boyd's going to speak on this. We we'll might lay it open to another guy over here, <clears throat> and it all went to shit because Boyd's stuff wasn't working, and so you had to run the call. And and then I mean, you stepped into it very well. Um, I've never done Ironman. It's something that I've kind of started to toy with because, man, I've always hated running. I mean, I grew up playing soccer and all these sports, and you know, played soccer after I was 18 and all that, but to not to run, to just run. It never made sense to me. You know what I mean? Not only that, but like I had this stupid thought of it. It was like most races start at the same spot that it ends in. So it's like, if I just do a circle, I don't need to run seven miles, 10 miles. Like I'm just, I'm done already done. There's no point. But anyway, you know, I'm listening to that conversation that night, having no damn clue. All, I mean, I'm just starting to look at bikes and do I wear bibs or do I wear riding shorts? You know, what kind of shoes do I run in because I got flat feet? Like, I'm just trying to get this information. I'm interested in the call. But then to see how you guys handled it. And then I see this opportunity that you guys are putting together in September and the stuff that you're doing with your brother. And that's the stuff. That's, that's where the point that I'm trying to make with all this rambling is you started one thing and you kind of look at where it's gone you didn't probably plan out that you were going to do these men's trips, you know, for Ironman or whatever, because now it is an opportunity. You're building a community. And yeah, it's like minded individuals and it's probably guys that have all this experience, but also guys like myself, that it may be their first time. And now you're able to have these conversations. And to your point, that's what it's about right there, man. Like that's, that's the power of voice that you started with the podcast with your brother. And now look at this, you know, I know you don't like the word journey, but look at the journey that you've been on. To be able to go in September, you have an opportunity to really change some lives. I mean, that's yeah. really where it's at.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's what drives me every day now is it's no longer being controlled by fear. It's being controlled by purpose. And that, that mind sh- that mindset shift that's taken place in a relatively short period of time. I don't think it can be understated like I I I can't believe where I was a year ago today compared to where I am right now and I I think that's that's something that I just want to continue to encourage people is like it doesn't matter how far down you feel right now like it can change in much much less time than you even imagine and and I've seen that play out not just with myself but other guys you know you know some of the guys that we've had on the podcast over the past uh, the past few weeks and few months like just were in much, much darker places than even I was and what they've been able to dig themselves out of. And and now the way that they're using their message to be able to, to build men and, um, you know, whether it's overcoming things like addiction or pornography or whatever it is, you know, just just to be able to rewrite their story and build that self belief. And um, the, the two biggest things that I that I keep gravitating back to is is action is you know we you mentioned like we didn't know we'd be absolutely not i had no idea that right now i'd be called to be leading men's groups and trying to create ironman retreats and things like that i had no clue what i wanted to do i just know that i needed to get on the microphone start talking about some things and i don't even know what happens to our podcast no clue all i know is we're going to keep doing it we're going to keep networking and communicating with people and uh, it's really just served as an opportunity to build a tribe uh, because I, I, for me, I'm not from this area of South Carolina, I'm from Wisconsin. And so, you know, coming into a more, it's a beautiful area, but it's, it's rural and it's, it's a little bit more um, isolated, if that makes any sense. You know, you don't have a lot of people that are just moving into this area that are coming from kind of similar situations where they're new and everything is they're trying to kind of build that community. A lot of these people have their community already built before we even got here. So you you always feel like you're kind of breaking in. And uh, you always feel like you're kind of a few steps behind. And and that's sort of where I was for a few years. And then I stopped trying. Like, I I seriously just stopped trying. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to hang out with my family. And I'm going to work because I just, I I struggle to have conversations with people when it comes to when they all they want to do is talk about sports and going to the bar like I just it just got old like I I didn't want to have those conversations anymore and I wanted to talk about stuff like this but you know you always felt like you couldn't quite get into that and so being able to find those like-minded individuals and they are out there you might have to get on a Zoom call you might have to send a direct message to people get on the phone with them but there is no substitute for being able to have conversations with like-minded people who can build each other up. I mean, you need to figure out who you are and you need to do that in some level of isolation and be able to reflect. But then once you figure out who you are, you need to be able to connect with people. And if you can do those two things, I mean, you just become limitless at that point. And, uh, so that's, that's, that's probably the two. That's
0: honestly super strong. And in some ways, you know, I almost want to push the mic away and go, if that's what everybody takes from this podcast, that's hundred percent brilliant and where it needs to be because finding that voice can be as simple as you don't have to have it all together right away. And I think a lot of people get that confused and it, and it, and it slows them down. If not makes them, you know, paralyzed in their own lives because they go, well, I'm, I'm, I'm on step zero, but I'm thinking about step <clears> 115. <throat> it's like, no, no focus on that first one. Right. Because after that first one, you might find that it's easier to get to step two and three and four and five. And a lot of the times that just comes down to one, that action of doing, but that actually can be asking a question that action can be reaching out to somebody and saying, Hey, I'm thinking about this. It seems like you're in this, this area that I want to venture into. What can you tell me about it? You know, if I want to do Ironman, I didn't think about things like, what is it called? Your food, like your, your second bag or your food bag, or like maybe you need to pack this and pack extra socks or don't pack socks or You know, like all these things you guys started talking about, I was like, holy shit, this is a whole new thing. I'm just going to put on my shit. I'm going to I'm going to swim. I'm going to ride my bike and I'm going to run. That's it. Good to go. You know, didn't think about any of that stuff. And so that's to the point of that is to say, ask the question. That's what got me going. That's what got me to the point where I'm sitting down with you you know, is, is reaching out to guys that I saw that were doing it. I wasn't really sure where I was going. And maybe I didn't have my full voice yet. I think back to my first couple podcasts and I go, I think I was doing my best Jocko Willick impression at the time, you know, like with the breathing and the pausing. And, you know, I was like, am I, what the fuck is this? <laughs> you know, like I sound like a fucking circus act right now, but it is that it's all part of the process. You know what I mean? And, and man, that's the stuff that's fun. You know, I do a cigar room. I could, we call it the cigar room. I don't smoke cigars. I don't, I don't like them. They've always made me green, but I started with a buddy who has since moved on to other things and it, but the name stayed. I didn't plan to do that. I didn't, I didn't plan to do that. So, and these other, these other areas that it's, it's taken me, I mean, it literally started with conversation with a podcast and you know, I find that stuff to be exciting. I think sometimes we overcomplicate life too much, right? And, and that's just it, simplify it, family friendly, family friendly podcast, by the way, <laughs> and surprise, surprise my dog hasn't started barking yet. But um, anyway, that that I, I just think that's great, man. And I appreciate the fact that, you know, you've, you've provided this platform um, yourself with your brother. So tell me, what's kind of next? You know, you got the men's groups. Um, what's kind of what's kind of next down the
1: line? You know, you mentioned uh, not paying attention so much to what step one hundred and fifteen is. I don't know where where life pivots going forward, and and I think that at this point, I absolutely feel called to the tribe building side of things mm-hmm. and uh, the Ironman side of things, whether that be with the retreat uh, kind of training camp that we have in um, September. I definitely would like to continue to, to put those together. Uh, I think finding, finding that community with Ironman again is going to be great for me. Um, There is still going back to purpose and being able to do things for the right reasons. Um, I am kicking around the idea. It's been a number of years since I raced. My kids have never seen me race. And so I, I think, I think it might be in my cards here over the next year or year and a half to see what I got in the tank and at least make a go at it one more time. Um, would love to, I think it'd be fun to just try to get a community with uh, going with that as well. And being able to connect with a bunch of guys and, kind of do what, in some ways, do what Boyd's doing. Um, you know, there's a few guys I've, I've sort of challenged already to this point that's like, okay, if I do one in the next year, are you are going to do it with me kind of thing? And so I'm, I'm definitely kicking that around. Um, but ultimately, consistently building these men's groups and trying to just light as many fires as we can um, I am doing some one-on-one coaching right now, uh, both in the kind of motive, the uh, mindset, self-belief side of things, as well as you know nutrition, fitness, and then of course Ironman as well for those guys that are trying to you know maybe just find their way to the starting line for their first race, or those guys who are trying to step up and uh, improve upon some previous results. So uh, you know, ultimately, just uh, I've got I've got a few irons in the fire right now, but. They all feel like they're, they're moving me forward and being able to um, just keep me on purpose and, um, you know, give men that self-belief back. I think I, I basically look at where I was two years ago and I'm trying to identify and, and, and speak to as many of those guys as I can because there's no reason that if I couldn't do it or if I could do it that, you know, we can pull as many other guys along um, to just, you know, build the family back, build fathers, husbands, and, uh, and just make some real change because I think that's where it starts. You know, we, we see society in a much stronger position when men are strong and, uh, you know, it always goes through sort of this, this transition, but, uh, you know, if we can be intentional about it and try to avoid the comfort and complacency on a consistent basis, you know, there's, there's a lot that can be done.
0: I love that. <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna cut this off with that right there because um, I just really appreciate the message that you bring, dude. And I'm excited to see what continues to unfold. Uh, accountability to myself, I am I'm running my first half marathon in October here in Houston, so I've, I've started that that process a couple of months ago of training. Uh, my goal actually is to at some point maybe in tw- I, I'm looking at 23 maybe for an Ironman. I should get I I a 23. I'm way behind the curve.
1: So you got plenty of time. That's, that's that, mean, man. If, you, if you give yourself if you give yourself nine months, you've got it. Like seriously, uh, I've said this before, but if you take someone who has uh, even average fitness level and you give them close to a year to train for it, you can knock it out. I'm I'm confident in that.
0: Well, that's the accountability I'm putting out there right now to anybody listening and to you. Uh, I've said it to Boyd, so. It's there, but man, listen—I've really enjoyed this. Definitely going to do it again. There's so much there. Uh, I love the message that you're bringing and the opportunities that you're you're giving other men to better themselves. It's exactly why I wanted you on this podcast this morning. That said, <clears throat> guys, if you if you're listening to this, you never—I I typically will say, you know, help us out by liking and subscribing um, to this podcast. But more importantly, if if this resonated with you, reach out. I'm going to give all the information that you need to find chris always give the information that you need to get a hold of me we are the kind of guys that if you reach out directly we'll love that we're going to do what we can or at least get you in the right direction somebody who can help if there's somebody that you know that a guy that's struggling what you know we've, we've talked about addiction we've talked about all kinds of things in life or maybe it's just complacency get them to this podcast get them to myself or chris so that we can try to do our thing for them Other than that, this is another episode of Navigating the Intentional Life. I appreciate you guys. Stay well. Stay safe. Talk to you soon.